0: Eric Howard From Cobb to Cherokee, Carol to Gwinnett, Bolton to Forsyth, all the Metro 11. You'll get severe weather, a traffic riddler, breaking, breaking news immediately, accurate from the WSB 24 hour breaking news center. WSB, depend on it. Now, Jamie Dupree with the latest breaking news from our nation's capital. All right, he's the most connected man in Washington, D.C. We do have an update. House GOP leaders forced to delay plans to open debate on this resolution of disapproval as some Republicans threaten to withhold their support. And uh, this is what I was telling you about earlier, and that is uh, Representative Peter Roskam offered a privileged motion. He is part of the House Freedom Caucus uh, for a vote on a resolution that states the House should not act on the Iran nuclear legislation until it receives all the side deals. Then he cites the Iranian Nuclear Agreement Review Act and says the president is obligated to send Congress all related materials and annexes, and until the president does that, the 60-day clock for a vote on Iran does not start. And it looks like John Boehner is buying into that slowly. Jamie Dupree.
1: Yes, Sean, right now Republicans are meeting down in the basement of the Capitol, a few floors down from where I am now. They had a morning meeting today at which that that issue was brought up by Roskam and others. What it uh, means is probably that uh, the House and Senate will be voting on different things related to the Iran nuclear deal, and that definitely means that nothing will get down to the president to be vetoed anytime soon. I think it's very obvious, Sean, from talking with Republicans the past two days here in the hallways, they're extraordinarily frustrated with the situation over the Iran deal. I think many of them really thought that there would be more momentum to stop this agreement, that more Democrats would be peeled off but it just never materialized uh, in the month of August. I have one Republican but, but tell this is, me this.
0: Yeah, I didn't, I'm sorry I interrupted you. I, I, but the American people, only 21% of them support it.
1: Well, I, I what I was going to say was uh, that I, I don't sense in talking to Democrats any wobbly knees at all. I, I mean, in fact— No, I think I, you're right. I, I think I, the I, Democrats I that are that they're getting in. They're getting more and uh, more behind the administration— Uh, just about every day. What this would do, this is all about whether or not everything has been turned over by the administration, as you mentioned, and lawyers would probably disagree if you read uh, subsection H, subsection 1 of the Iran Review Act, and whether or not it really relates to the IAEA uh, side deals or not regardless it opens up the possibility for some kind of judicial challenge though a number of republicans told me today Well how could that, that
0: not be part of it if it, if the deal says that the president's obligated to send congress all related materials and annexes How
1: do you Well avoid- no it says it says the term agreement means an agreement related to the nuclear program of, of Iran that includes the United States Dot dot dot, and I'm sure that any uh, lawyer down in you the administration you don't you don't think all related materials is is impacted by that I do um, I don't see uh, no because uh, because it talks about an agreement that includes the United States and the IAEA agreement does not include the United States I'm sure that that's what a lawyer you know, you would argue what, you, yeah, down I'm not in the lo- I think it's a
0: legal case on both sides I can see the arguments and and uh, so I'm sure you can as well but the problem I think the president has here is I think if you really look at it objectively whatever the side deals. Twenty four days notice. And it's not even uh, uh, U.N. inspectors or American inspectors on top of they spin their centrifuges in 11 years, zero outbreak time. They get to build their ICBMs, partner with Russia on missile defense. Conventional weapons are built. Uh, We don't even get hostages out of it. So whatever this is, it's still not good.
1: What it does, more than anything, I mean, um, look, the the Republicans were going to lose on the disapproval resolution. I think they've they've realized that. This will give them the ability to, I think, sort of continue on the argument in a different way for the months ahead. The administration keeps saying they don't have the details from the IAEA. Whether you believe them or not, that's a whole other issue. And so they have nothing to turn over. Uh, the, what they're hashing out downstairs right now is if they should still vote on the disapproval resolution or just this idea of demanding that, the, the extra information. While the while some Republicans say the clock has not started, that obviously is not the opinion of the administration, and so they will be ready to proclaim on September 17th that the agreement is being implemented and move on from there. It'll
0: be interesting to see if there's any attempt to get an injunction, because I think part of this is, is probably going to end up in the courts somehow, some some way, somewhere courts are often
1: reluctant to get involved Very in much political so. arguments, as we've seen over the years, yes.
0: Um, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think this is an uphill challenge. I think the Republicans were asleep at the wheel during August as the president, even while on vacation. Uh, to his credit was out there lobbying and it seems that they had an
1: orchestrated rollout which you have been pointing out every day orchestrated yeah I mean it and it was so obvious and you know I really think Sean I've been arguing this for years that the the August break is uh is just something that needs to be done away with even though I hate to say that because it allows me uh, and other reporters a little relaxation time while Congress is gone for five six weeks but I just think it's always somewhat of a crucial time and if you're really going to go against uh, you know if you have a Congress that's of one party and a president of another you can't just sort of uh, turn out the lights for five, six weeks and mm-hmm. and go on. And both parties have been guilty of that. Over one the of the years. things that Ted Cruz and he'll join us at the bottom of
0: this half hour. He he obviously supports the House Republicans and and in their interpretation of this as I do. But the second thing that he is saying is Mitch McConnell has the ability to bring this up as a treaty. Now you and I have gone back and forth about that. I don't. Yeah, I uh, disagree with that. But but it certainly, and Mitch McConnell appears to be caving all over the place. He gave an interview today that he, he doesn't see any any way to stop it, basically, any way, anyhow. Well, there is no way to stop it at this point in time. No, does at least, at least according to the Republicans in the House, I tend to agree with their assertion. According to Ted Cruz, I agree with their assertion. Uh, I think when you actually read the language of what the bill says, and I think when it says all related materials, that means any side deal. So I think they have a good argument, but I agree with you that You know, we can go back and argue it again and again. The other thing that I think is important is the Corker-Cardin deal. Um, I would argue, and I'll ask Cruz about this, you know, goes back to if this is a treaty, which I think it is, and you would argue history shows that it's not. I don't know what else you call it, if it's an agreement between two nations. Executive
1: agreement. There is a big study that, uh, you know, that I talked about a couple months ago with you that looked at since World War II and the vast majority of all international things that maybe you and I would think of, oh, yeah, that's a treaty, have been done as executive agreements. And this is yet another one along those lines. And no, Can really you think of anyone way as
0: severe as this, though, where it's going to allow the Iranians to get nuclear weapons and $150 bucks? And one other thing that Ted Cruz is saying is the banks and financial institutions, they don't get a get out of free card if the president declares, oh, sorry, I don't have to obey the law, and I don't have to tell you what's in the side agreement. He's saying that banks and financial institutions, they can be held liable in some capacity.
1: Well, you could certainly uh, start, I I mean, I think what Republicans will do, and judging from some of Cruz's remarks today at the rally outside here, I would bet that there's going to be a lot of Republicans who will find out exactly how much is in, you know, what institution and put the heat on them to talk about, you know, don't release that money. I wouldn't be surprised to see it morph into something like that as well.
0: Yeah. Now we have this other added uh, debate that's going on. We see what's happening with all these Syrian and Iraqi refugees. Many are fleeing you know, the war-torn areas and areas now under control by the Islamic State, and they've been making their way all the way through uh, Europe and 400,000 Middle Eastern African migrants into Europe, and the Obama administration is, quote, actively considering ways to relieve the European migrant crisis um, and maybe putting on the table some resettlement of refugees inside the United States. Is there a way that we're going to be able to ascertain whether or not any of those happen to be uh,
1: at least similarly minded to radical Islamists? Well, one's going to have to, I mean, if any of them come into the U.S., I would assume that there's got to be some kind of review for them. Yes, uh, what Republicans have been doing, and uh, Speaker Boehner did this today, and I think you'll hear a lot of this from other GOP lawmakers, is to say, look, uh, point the finger down Pennsylvania Avenue at the White House and say the administration has not done enough on the Islamic State, and this is one reason why you've got all these people flooding out of there and flooding into Europe right now. Yeah, uh, it's, that means, you know, we're going to invite people in here. I mean, that's pretty unbelievable to me.
0: All right, let me ask you about this letter. This is probably one of the funniest letters I've ever written. And, of course, it had to come from Donald Trump, right? He writes Jeff Zucker of CNN and says, Over the weekend, it was announced by numerous entertainment channels and magazines that your ad rates have gone from $5,000 to $200,000, or a 4,000% increase. Now, since then, I've heard that your rates will go even higher. While I refuse to brag, as you know very well, the tremendous increase in viewer interest and advertising is due 100% to Donald Trump. You saw it on The Apprentice, where it was virtually the easiest show to sell to advertisers on television, and at extraordinary rates. In fact, NBC renewed The Apprentice, blah, 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 blah. As you're aware, for the first debate, Fox, unexpectedly, but not to those who know, had one of the largest audiences in the history of cable television, 24 million-plus people, and word is your audience will be even larger. I'm self-funding my campaign. I don't want money from lobbyists, donors, special interest groups. Likewise, you should view the second debate broadcast as a public service and not accept the massive profits that this airing will generate. I believe that all profits from the broadcast should go to various veterans groups, a list of which I will send you in the near future. And he talks about veterans. And he talks about the veterans of our country, the finest people, treated horribly by a government of all talk, no action politicians.
1: Yeah, you know, we just talked with Trump about it downstairs a few minutes ago, and uh, he told us that uh, he, with a big smile, he says, hey, my, my poll numbers are going through the roof, and CNN should be helping vets instead of uh, just putting the money on their bottom line. Uh, somebody, one of my colleagues, asked him if he was thinking about boycotting the debate that's a week from today out in California. He said that really hasn't entered his mind, but I I, I got the feeling from talking to Trump that he's going to toy with CNN about, uh, about this uh, over the next week or so. You notice that Mitch McConnell's campaign
0: strategy strategist is trashing Trump. Um, and according to the New York Times, uh, he went on to say that uh, Trump has received Republican electorate, lowering other candidates. Any candidate that allows Trump to dictate the conversation about what they're
1: campaigning on is going to be harmed irreparably, said Josh Holmes. Aren't well, outside, outside today at the rally, uh, you could tell how much uh, of a draw Trump was. I mean, a lot of people, as soon as Trump was done, they left. And and it was clear that a lot of people had come to see him. So he he is able to draw people who normally, if I if you just walked out and said, well, there's a Republican rally out back, mm-hmm. you might not get all those people. So Trump obviously has been able to bring new people to the table for the Republican Party, and he has certainly shaken up the establishment along the way. Sean, real quick before we get done, I want to give you an update on the Boehner situation because I talked to a bunch of members last night off the House floor, and I know you're going to talk to Mark Meadows soon. Uh, Meadows told By the way, us last. How did you know that? Um, Just because I knew that Meadows told us last night that he is not planning to act to take out Boehner right away. Uh, but that he wants to see how September goes, and I heard that from a couple other well, members as why, well. Why,
0: why would you step up my interview this way, when considering he's coming up later in the program? I wouldn't well, do I that just, to you. I mean, that's I'm horrible. I'm just telling you
1: what, what he said, but here's the other thing. No, what you just did is horrible. I found, um, I, I talked to a couple other Republicans, and one Republican, I was talking to him about Iran and Planned Parenthood, no. and then I said, what about Boehner? And he looks at me, and this big smile comes out his, on his face, and he says, no comment. I said, You've been talking with people again, haven't you? No comment with a big smile as he walked away. So I think that even though Meadows and others aren't saying that they're going to go after the speaker right now, there's a lot more going be- on behind the scenes. I, I think uh, the than speaker is talking about.
0: very afraid of what's going on with this Iranian deal and people's outrage to it. And I think he's got a, a hell of a, a big problem on his hands. And I think he's paying very close attention right now, more than he ever has, about his position. Do you think I'm wrong?
1: No, no, look, I I mean, I I think he knows that he's got this group that wants to stir things up. Now, the big question is, though, I talked to a few other Republicans who said that they didn't want to have a move against Boehner right now, that they felt like it's time for, uh, you know, the people in the party who want somebody new to come up with their own candidate, not just to say that you want Boehner out, but who do you want to run against him? Because they worry that if you just knock Boehner out, then everybody goes up a step. And it's the same leadership. It's just the number two guy goes you know, to number the name one. That, that I, so I hear more.
0: most often. Who? Jim Jordan.
1: Yeah. Well, Jordan certainly would have a lot of attention and, uh, and has a lot of support. Uh, and I think uh, one of the quiet people behind there. But I think also people would like to see somebody get out but front. That's the one thing you have. Yeah, but seen. he's but he's part of this House Freedom Caucus. He's also from Ohio. You the know, speaker's Lou, the Louis state.
0: was filling in Louis Gohmert on this program on Friday, and he actually said on Friday. That he would leave. Uh, Lauren, correct me if I'm wrong, because you're the one that told me about it. I didn't. I, if I'm going to work, I work. If I'm not working, I'm not listening to my show. I have to take a break. Uh, but he said that he would not he, run again.
1: Louis said he will not run for reelection if the House takes up his resolution to declare the Iran deal a treaty.
0: OK, that's He's trying support. to throw the Republicans a, a
1: bone here and say, look, I will leave if you guys take this up.
0: Because it's that important, which, by the way, would explain why two political candidates, Trump and Cruz, united at this rally today. That would be a point of agreement, Jamie. <laughs> yes,
1: yes, I was out there for it, yes. Oh, okay. Actually, the best part about it was it was it was hotter than you can imagine, and this gigantic cloud appeared outside for about an hour and cooled the place off. It was thank I was so thankful, because otherwise it was a real steamer out there today. All right, Jamie
0: Dupree, frustrating as you can be sometimes in Washington. Frustrating.
1: I just gave you the latest from here in D.C. See you, Sean. You
0: just stole my thunder with Mark Meadows, my interview coming up. I mean, that's frustrating. I'm kidding. 800-941-SEAN is our number. Oh, listen, I I am so addicted. I'm like, this is crazy stuff. Jason, you're on Fanduel. My son got me into Fanduel. He's got like three separate teams he's put together. I now have my team. You, you have your team together yet? Yes, I do, and it's very frustrating for me that I have to root for the Eagles quarterback to do very Ooh. well on Monday night. Yeah, yeah, they never. I'm not rooting for the Eagles since they dumped Tebow. I'm pretty pissed off about it. Anyway, oh, get over that already. I love Jesus, Tebow. Tim Tebow. Tebow should be in the NFL. He's being treated horribly. And anyway, it's opening week of the NFL, the regular season, and if you haven't joined Fanduel, you got to join about it. It's 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 an explosion. Literally, everybody, all my friends do it. Fantasy football, Uh, you play the best way to do it. Fantasy football, it's not just for sports nuts, but it's also for the everyday fan. Anybody can play FanDuel, and they are the number one leader in one week fantasy football. More winners, more payouts than any other site. Get this. They're paying out seventy over $75 million a week this football season. That's how big this has gotten. And by the way, you can do small amounts, very tiny. Entry fees started a buck. Anybody can play, but it makes the, the weekend fun. And you have a vested interest in different teams and players, and you follow the league more than you ever did before. Anyway, I love it. My son is helping me put my team together, and if you're doing a a league here. I want you to play. We got FanDuel.com. Click on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner. Use my name, Hannity. Sign up now. A special offer for new users. Every dollar you deposit, FanDuel's going to match it with up to 200 bucks, and that gets earned as you play. That's a bonus of up to $200, only good for the first 50 people that use my code, Hannity, today. Just go to FanDuel, F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com, where every day is a noon season, and it makes football even that much more fun. We'll continue. of obama continues every day right here on the sean hannity show news 95 5 and am 750 wsb for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for
1: you. Call, click granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.